All right, welcome in episode 120 of the Hot Grits Podcast. I'm Travis Chadon. With me in studio, we're back in studio, Spencer Maddox. And we have a good episode today, a Mike Costello interview at the end. But first, Spencer and I will talk Braves, NBA Finals, and a little top four draft of the best cups. But first, Coach's Corner, the number one sports bar in Savannah and our title sponsor here on HGP. You know them, you love them. www.coaches.net. Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, all that good stuff. Find them in person, 3016 East Victory Drive. Monday through Friday, lunch specials. Obviously, sports plastered all over the wall. Cold beers, hot wings, 137.2 million televisions. Over there at Coach's Corner, tell them we sent you. If you want to call ahead, it's 912-352-2933. Coach's Corner Sports Network. Uh, Rubbin' and Grubbin', Brandon Bain, Wednesday nights. On the Coach's Corner Facebook page. Carl Damasi on Wednesday nights and Saturday mornings. Also on the Coach's Corner Facebook page. Uh, And then the Who is on First Base baseball podcast with Kyle Lawson and Carl Damasi. You can find that wherever you get your podcast, But most notably on the Coach's Corner Facebook page. That's where you can find all this information. Uh, When you go to Coach's, tell them we sent you and they will hook it up. All right, let's get after it. For a 120th time, Hot Grits Podcast. Ain't nobody gonna this your boy I've always kind of believed in aliens. I don't know if I believe in flying saucers. Ain't nobody gonna rip like You might as well just walk up to Cupid while he's on his lunch break, you know, crank his heat or something. Yeah. Right baby right <laughs> we'll see that. We're almost uh, three minutes into our sports podcast and yet to bring up not one sport. Roll out. Come on, Oh, baby, we're back. We're back in studio, Penny. We are back, baby. I'm so excited to be. We got a screen in here now, dude. This is completely set up, like, perfectly to our standards, like, to what we need. You know what I mean? I like having you right in front of me. That way, when when I can, I can see a stupid take coming, yeah. maybe I can prevent it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's also not, like, a delay from whenever we speak to when the next person speaks, unless That's our brain true. just isn't working right. You know what I mean? So now if there's a delay, it's because we're stupid, not because technology is blocking us. You know what I mean? Right, yeah. We might be exposed. Yeah, yeah, we yeah. We could yeah. be exposed. Well, I mean, we were in stu- – let's let's be real. We were in studio for like over a year at one point. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah. How long have we – how long has it been since we've been in studio? I, don't, I couldn't even tell you. So I think we did like – I, I want to th- – I want to say that we we did like episode twenty five through episode like eighty five something like that right uh, in studio so sixty weeks ish yeah. over a year yeah and then we went from like episode ninety or episode eighty five area to where we're at now one twenty whoa whoa it doesn't seem like that long so it's like three quarters of a year almost it's like thirty five weeks I'm not a time guy yeah. That's wild. But, uh, dude, this is, like, the perfect setup for us. Hopefully we can, you know, put out some, like, really quality content from here. Like, sounds good. You know, we we get the dynamic of being in front of each other, which we've, like, sorely missed. We both talked about how we missed that. Um, So hopefully we can, like, do this for the long term and bring some really good content to the listener. The interviews Um, will be better, too. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. We we just did one, and it was, like, like, 
without a doubt better. Like there's no cutting out. There's not none of that bullshit. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Um, Mike Costello. <laughs> I'm so excited about that interview, dude. That was so uh, awesome. Was so amazing. awesome just to like chill with Mike for a minute on the phone and talk about you know, dude, that that like hype speech he gave us at the end where he's like, "Get back to the city, man!" Like that that shit yeah. got me going, dude. Yeah, like, that was a great ending. Yeah, that was a great ending. He just like hyped us up. Yeah, and then got, I loved and that. Then got on with it. And I, I like peek behind the curtain here. I obviously run a nightclub. Like I was still kind of waking up whenever uh, he was telling me that, and that like woke me up, dude. That was like my morning coffee. <laughs> so good. Uh, but dude, we're in studio. Uh, I've got a glass of whiskey now. Like we're we're sitting across from each Six other. Flex. Yeah, 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 yeah. You've uh, you've had a sandwich or two this morning. I am for a sure. Guy. You're a sandwich guy. I'm glad to be back, man. Uh, so how should we lead off? What else but the Stanley Cup? Yeah. Colorado Avalanche. I told you before the series started. I told you before the Stanley Cup started that Colorado Avalanche would win. They're up 2-0 in the series. Let's break it down. Game by game. <laughs> moment by moment. Go. Well, uh, X's and O's here. You know what I mean? Ice talk. Yeah. Uh, a lot of power plays for the Avalanche, it felt like. Dude, every yeah. time I looked up, every time I looked up, it seemed like the, the Avalanche had a lot of power Stop. plays. Oh, okay. Stop. We're oh, not doing this. No, I mean, we're trying. No, you're not going to break down the Stanley Cup. <laughs> We're not doing that. All right. They're, dude, they're going to cycle the puck. I, I know that's the thing people say. They're going to cycle the puck. Uh, the Lightning are fast, dude. They're a group of veterans. You know what I mean? They're, if anyone is better equipped, there's no one better equipped to bounce back from a 2-0 hole than the, the Tampa Bay Lightning, a dynasty in the make. As you break down the Stanley Cup here uh, on Monday afternoon with the Lightning down 2-0, do you know what the score of game two was? I think it was 7-0. Yeah. I think it was 7-0. I watched every second of that game. Now, Did you? No, I didn't watch any of it. You didn't watch it, dude? I watched every second of it. I, I am, like, so locked in on hockey, and I have no idea what's going on. Like At one point last week, you told me, I might go to I might go to a game in Tampa. Like, I might go yeah. down for a Stanley Cup no, game. No, I was going to be in Tampa tonight. Like, I was going to be in Tampa tonight, but I couldn't make it work with Monday our— night. Yeah, I couldn't make it work with the podcast schedule. Like, we had to— we had to interview Mike Hostelow, and I was like, there's, there's no there's no way I can, like, maneuver. We've already made this commitment. There's no way I can maneuver the time to make it to Tampa in time. I would I would have had to left, like, right when we started recording. I would recording. have been so pissed at you. I know. I, I So I couldn't do it. I still might go Wednesday. I, I don't think I'm going to go, but I still might go. I might, like, call out of work and, like, get somebody to cover. Back on vacation mode. Spencer Maddox. No, just a day trip, dude. You I got to take a cruise down there? No, I do – Tickets to the NHL finals are typically like six hundred Stanley Cup. Stanley Cup whatever. Yeah. Stanley Cup, yeah. Stanley Cup finals are typically like six hundred and fifty to like a thousand dollars. And they're like three hundred and twenty dollars right now. Nobody gives a shit. Yeah. Well it's just it, nobody has money. So like everything's a little cheaper on like the luxury side of the, you know, like that type of thing. So it's three hundred and twenty bucks and in my mind I'm like, when am I gonna be able to do this again? And gas prices. Yeah, gas prices is the main thing. You start riding a bike. That's what Biden did. <laughs> dude. You just hop on was, the bike. That was tough, dude. That was a tough look. Oh, and no, so bad. That was It was pretty bad. And He's like, so old. He's like, so old. Politics guys, politics guys tend to be either like really extreme conservative people or like really extreme. It's objectively funny. Yeah, it's, it's just funny. The bike was completely stopped and he just tumbles over to the side. And my favorite part of all, hilarious that he just fell. He wasn't even riding. He just missed. But my favorite part of it was all, like, the, uh, like, the hard, my hardcore liberal fan, uh, friends 
Oh, defending the defending it or deflecting immediately. Well, like, have you seen what Donald Trump did? Like, immediately, you know what I mean? Bringing up something embarrassing that videos of Trump, like, yeah, not walking great. This is dude. He fell off a bike. You know what I mean? Like, if we can't laugh at it, or people talking about how actually this was like a a um, this was like a fancy bike or a difficult yeah bike? yeah like, yeah like a, trying to spin it somehow yeah, yeah like yeah, he yeah. was locked in with the uh, things that you know how you, some bikes have the things on the pedal where you when you put your feet in them there's right. something over it right right that was their defense of it that he just <laughs> because of that i'm sorry that will the, always the memes fun. the memes were great uh that that's what's hot this the donald week, trump uh one of him hitting the golf ball off the tee and then the golf ball comes out of nowhere and hits biden and he falls yeah. off the <laughs> All this while all like the January six shit is going down, like all the uh, oh yeah the hearings yeah the de- depositions or whatever and like dude just the perfect political climate for somebody like me you know what I mean well when gas prices are soaring and they blame it on you and then you're seen riding a bike but then you fall off the bike yeah it's troublesome yeah um all right well let's let's get off of that I don't know how the hell we went so Stanley Cup Biden off of a bike yeah Segway time um. Biden falling off the bike got huge ratings. So did the NBA Finals, which we have to address. Uh, the Golden State Warriors won three in a row to beat my beloved Boston Celtics. That was tough. In six. You hate um, to see it. I was left wondering how the Celtics won two games in the series. I was I was like, well, I don't understand how we won two of the games. Um, I, I, I mean, want to break it down game by game, but like we, you said this before. We have to talk about Steph Curry. Winning the MVP is right. legacy now. Well, firstly, for the actual series itself, people were saying, like, experience – is experience going to matter in this series? And I think, like – I don't know if this will make you feel better or worse, but I think it absolutely had to have mattered. You know what I mean? That Oh, you think the moment was too big? I don't think the moment was too big. It's just – it. Golden State was never going to, like, break. You know what I mean? You were going to get 100% of Golden State's focus no matter what. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't think Boston had that. I didn't get that same feeling from the Boston. Like, they made mental errors. You know what I mean? Whereas so many turnovers, dude. So many. Was, and, like, sloppy play. Yeah. Uh, I, and especially from Brown and Tatum, I just think they ran out of steam at the end. Like, I don't know. I, like, having to play seven games before that series, back-to-back times, like seven versus Milwaukee, Seven versus Miami, the culture series. Yeah. I think that just caught up with them. But I, I like, I still, I leave the series and go into the off season. I'm not anyone that says they know what Jason Tatum is, is either lying or they have an agenda. Because there's not enough on one side to say that this is what he's going to be. He'll be a guy right. that folds somehow, or that he's somehow ascended. Like, there's still the same questions that were there before are still really there with them and with the Celtics in general. I See, I I agree and I disagree. I agree on the positive side of Tatum. Like, I don't think Tatum's, like, a head case. I don't think uh, I don't think his shot selection was the best, you know what I mean, uh, throughout. Uh, I thought it was really good leading up to the finals. I think he got away from that mid-range shit, and he attacked the rim, and he shot threes, you know what I mean? Um, he's so bad at finishing at the rim. He's, he's so t- bad. Yeah, at it's not. It's not good. But I, I think Boston's at its best when they have a fast guard with the ball in their hands. Like I, I really liked Derek White getting downhill and like attacking the defense. That way, you can't just 
load up on a Jason Tatum and say, okay, we're going to give Jason Tatum the ball, try and beat us off the dribble. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. if they have somebody who can penetrate, they're so much better. They, you could tell down the stretch that they didn't have a true, pure point guard. Yeah. I love Marcus Smart. I love Marcus Smart. But he's not a guy that that seeks out matchups no. for other guys and finds it and gets guys in the right – and you could tell they didn't have that. Yeah. That and on the other side, like a Jordan Poole didn't have the best series in the world. But he's so fast that it gave Golden State a dynamic that they've almost never had outside of Steph Curry. Like somebody who can dribble into the teeth of the defense, collapse the defense, and then get people moving. You know what I mean? Even on those Golden State, even on those uh, Kevin Durant teams, like Kevin Durant is a singular force, dude. There's nobody like him. But he's not a guy who's just going to blow by his initial defender and collapse the defense. He's going to, you know, monotonously or uh, slowly get to his spot. You know what I mean? And then yeah. hit a shot over you. Methodically. So methodically. That's the word I'm looking for. And then slow and slowly get there and hit a shot over you. So it gave that offense like a different dynamic. And uh, I don't know. I think both those teams sorely needed that in a relatively low scoring series. Like there were some games that popped, but, Relatively low scoring. Really good defense on both sides, I thought. Yeah. Um, it did good numbers. Highest rated yeah. NBA Finals since 2019. Um, it's still the highest rated program, uh, you know, television show or, or otherwise in in the month of June. 12, right. 12.9 million viewers on average, and then it peaked at like 16.5 million. Right. Um, so that's what we thought going into the series, that Golden State and Boston would be like obviously it was going to be better than Phoenix and Milwaukee last year. That was one of the lowest rated finals at all. Yeah, that time. was trash. So, but like I guess if Steph I'm, Legacy is that what's next? Yeah, year? yeah Steph yeah. Legacy. Like I would now just like off the top of my head, I would say like I would put him in my ranking somewhere right next to Kobe. I would think, and probably yeah. one below Kobe, something like that. Top eight, top top. A seven. lot of people got him top five. No. I can't do that yet. I mean, I, I get that. <clears throat> I'm a Steph guy. I think I've got him close to top five. Like, I really do. Uh, at least modern players. So if you're leaving out like the Kareems and the – maybe Whoa, not Kareem. Maybe if you leave in – Let's just not do that. Leaving though. Kareem. All right. So are you going to include – Bill Russell and Wilt Chamberlain. Like I don't know if you have to <clears throat> include – like I would put Michael in no specific order. Yeah. But kind of. Michael, LeBron, Kareem. Wilt, Bird. See, that's the problem, dude. And then I, I would get to probably Kobe, Kobe, Magic, Steph, somewhere in there. That's the problem, dude. So when you compare this I think to Steph's baseball. The second greatest player historically playing today. Wilt Chamberlain is the Babe Ruth of baseball, though. You know what I mean? Like, it's impossible to compare those guys. Okay. To, like, well, if you take him out, it's still. And Bill Russell, still, all those guys. Like, they played against 10 teams. What does Steph have to do to pass LeBron? See, uh, this this got a lot of play, and this is what I think is a fair comparison. Steph Curry, Steph Curry is clearly behind LeBron to me at this point. Um, yes. If he had beaten LeBron in 2016, he's ahead of him. You know what I mean? But that loss that loss carries so much weight Certainly to me. The trajectory, but like we're talking right now, where Steph Curry is, if he retires tomorrow, he would have five finals. What he would have? He, he would have fewer f- points, fewer rebounds, fewer assists, like than LeBron. Mm, eh. You know what I mean? All right. They play. Yeah, I, I mean, like, to become the greatest scorer of all time. Yeah, LeBron is. Oh yeah, yeah, I mean, he is, isn't yeah, he? He's yeah. passing Kareem next year, right? Uh, 
I don't think next year. I think he's got a ways to go. I think Kareem has a healthy lead still. But oh, I mean, he turn. he eventually will. I don't know. I don't know actually. But I think if he had beaten LeBron in 2016, um, you you look at it and you say, okay, Steph has five now. You would look at it and say Steph has five. LeBron's got four. Um, I don't know. I don't know. And that that would also be kind of like an ugly loss on LeBron's record. Like he lost to Steph twice and then would go under to lose to him a, th- a third time the following year. Um, I think Steph is clearly a step behind LeBron. I think he honestly has to get two more to erase that one loss in 2016 because it was brutal. They set the record for the most wins in NBA history. People were talking about them as the greatest team of all time. Um, and then the 3-1, you know, I mean, historic collapse or comeback, whichever way you want to view that. Uh I still like Steph Curry as a top five player, at least in the modern era. Um, uh, LeBron's like a thousand; he's like twelve twelve hundred points. Really? Away? It's closer than I thought. Yeah, I think I'm looking at regular season only, but it's he's close. I think he's gonna pass it next year. Yeah, I, I agree just, with everything you're saying. I mean, it's gonna always be subjective. Yeah, but I agree that the I mean that's gonna be huge for LeBron if people start comparing Steph and him. That 2016 Finals is gonna be gigantic. Yeah. It's massive, and Steph has to win a couple and more. And sort of having to face them, like having to face the Celtics, like or having to face the Warriors as a Celtics fan, even though it's not the same team, even though it's six years later, it does make me respect LeBron coming back from a three-one deficit against right. them even more. Right against like having to do that against Steph Curry and Clay and like a prime Clay Thompson. Yeah, well, I mean, Clay Thompson was different. Quickly, so I, I think we both agree, LeBron is not close to Michael yet. You know what I mean? Like, I, I, on the ranking, right? He's not He's not Michael Jordan. Maybe he's close, but he's Michael not. Michael currently as my number yeah. one. Okay. But no, I would say LeBron is close. You All right, so close. But does LeBron have to get to six for the conversation to be, like, mostly neutral? Does he have to get to five? Like, what, what number does he have to get to? If he wins one more and he's the finals MVP, is the conversation neutral? Still kind of leaning towards Michael, or is it still a little bit, like, clearly Michael? I got to reserve that take. Based on how LeBron wins it, like if he's, right. I could foresee him winning another championship where he's maybe the number two. Like if that happens in two or three years, yeah, I don't know. But like if he does win another championship and he's the Finals MVP, yeah, I might have to move him over Michael. I don't know, dude. You know, I'm. I like, think he's. I think you got to get that. The point of this was, I think anybody who's doing, who's coming for the crown, anybody, whether it's Steph Curry. LeBron James, anybody, has to get to six. It's a big number, dude. Like, it, like, just in the psyche of a sports fan, including myself, six and zero, oh, like it, it means something. You know what I mean? So, like, I think you at least got to get to six. Do you have to have a perfect finals record? No, but I think you have have to have that number of rings to be like on equal footing. You know what I mean? And then you can make the argument that this guy's better based on this. You know, uh, just from accolade yeah. standpoint. Yeah. I mean, you quickly you know what doesn't forget. seem to matter? Yeah, that's what I was just about to say. You quick, like, what doesn't seem to matter once you get further away from each finals is who you beat in the finals. Yeah. Unless it's, like, player to player. Steph yeah. over. Like, this title this year for the Warriors won't be Steph over Tatum. No. It won't be that. No. It's just it's just rings. I, but, I mean. But I, the Celtics were good enough to be worthy. The losses of, matter. The losses for sure matter. Yeah. In they the for finals sure matter. Here? Yeah. Yeah, you'd rather I, get bounced. I, I would think like at this point and where we are in a, like as fans, like 
you get it gets held against you if you lose in the finals. Well, no, as opposed to like losing in the conference finals. I mean, who you lose to matters more. Oh, so like, okay, okay, I see what you're so saying. like LeBron lost to uh, a Durant led Warriors team that was just unstoppable. We almost give him a pass. I, I give him a pass for that. You know what I mean? Legacy wise, he loses to a Dirk led Mavs team. I, it's like. The biggest mark on his record. But if Steph lost still, to the Celtics team, is still that, to this day, is, if Steph lost to the Celtics team, is that are the Celtics? Oh yeah, it would have been damning in the conversation for, uh, of him versus LeBron. It would have been damning. It would have been tough to take, dude. Like, you think? Not that so the Celtics weren't good enough to. Not that they, not that they're like a terrible team, but this we're talking about Steph Curry. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, he's he. If you're gonna be a transcendent player of all time, these guys have no rings. You know what I mean? I don't know that it would have been like. Steph Curry's no good, you know what I mean? I don't, I don't think it would have been Steph Curry's overrated, anything like that. But legacy-wise, it's tough to put him in the same conversation with, as LeBron if he loses to somebody, an upstart Celtics team. That's tough. Agreed. That's tough. Uh, anything else? NBA Finals? That's good. All right, what about U.S. Open this past weekend? Matty Fitzpatrick winning uh, the U.S. Open at Brookline in Boston, uh, winning over Scotty Shep, well, winning over Will Zalatoris and... I think one back or two back was Scotty Scheffler. Um, right. You saw the end of it. Like I, I was, I have a couple of thoughts just that are typical Trav thoughts. Yeah. Probably no one else thinks about. Um, I already told you about, I think a lot of notes on the broadcast. Yeah, it is. <laughs> I don't understand coming down the stretch. Why they kept showing Matt Fitzpatrick's mother and brother and talking about, Oh, he stayed in the same house. That he stayed in when he won the 2013 USAM at the same course. Did you hear that? No. Oh, my God. The broadcast was just loving it. They kept repeating it. He stayed in the same house with the same family that he stayed in when he won the USAM at the same course. Okay? But it's on Father's Day, and there's no mention or sight of his father the entire round. And so I start thinking, I'm like, well, something's got to be up, right? Because right. this is like a classic storyline. Like, you get the father on Father's Day. And then I'm thinking, well, maybe his father's not around, period. And then after the round, after he wins, his dad comes out on the green. And they show him Oh, so they were just not show. Okay. And then I was like, well, maybe his parents are divorced or something, and they weren't with, they weren't with each other. But I have no idea. I thought that was strange the whole time that the, that the broadcast didn't even pick up on his dad. That is something that Matt, only you would notice. Matt Fitzpatrick shot the round of his life bro i watched it from he start played his to finish, ass off man. and he was electric just locked in he played his ass off and dude this guy note quickly though go ahead go ahead thing? go ahead he had something in his lip the whole time and it looked like a dip but no shot no way that matt fitzpatrick was dipping he wasn't no. spitting but it had like the little bump in his lip yeah you know what i'm talking about like no. his cheek i didn't see it but uh like he's english so there's just no way he dips exactly you know what so i, mean? I a, was wondering what it was a uniquely american thing i believe um dude Speaking of that, could anybody? Notes on the US yeah, <laughs> could anybody look? This is this is what I want to talk about. Could anybody possibly look more English than Matt Fitzpatrick? Like you can look at that dude, not hear him talk, yeah. and just look at him on the TV screen and be like, "That guy's English. I know it." You know what I mean? So like he would call people chaps. Yeah, and like like a fancy English guy too, not like a not like a you know Peaky Blinders style English like. This guy is like high society English. Like he's got that accent. Yeah. It's two very distinct accents. You know what I'm talking about? Like, um, I called him Matty Fitzpatrick, but yeah. everyone call when he's around his family and friends. They call him Matthew. 
I like that. Yeah. I I uh I was calling him Matrick. I like that. Ooh. Yeah, yeah. Matrick. I like that too. So I I did want to talk about uh Zalatoris for a second though. I didn't feel like he collapsed at all. Like, I a no, lot of people were saying that. The thing is just it's it's too much for me. I I don't they slowed down at one point and showed you like his backstroke on the putting on the yeah. short putts and him coming out of the window and like it's like a pump fake almost on the short putts and they showed his stats he had like it's like 160 something holes in a row without a three putt yeah clearly the short game the short putting was okay like pretty good yeah but it just looked strange and you just knew he was going to miss that last putt yeah i just knew it that but wasn't that really short fall- of that wasn't, wasn't that short no, it was like of a 15 footer yeah and, and he missed it by an inch. The thing is, they were both rolling in putts that entire back nine. Like, I took note of that. They were rolling in monster putts and, like, really, like, high-pressure situations, too. Like, one of them, I think uh, it was Fitzpatrick made, like, a really long birdie putt on, like, 13 or 15, something like that. 15, yeah. And he drove it way right, too. Yeah. He was, like, in a trample-down area. And yeah. Had an approach to, like. And Zalatoris has, like, a 25-footer right after that. Yep. And it almost gets lost. He rolled that right in, dude. Like, back-to-back on some of the fastest greens that you'll see all year long, too. Like, incredibly fast greens. And, like, really undulated, too. Like, I I noticed that. Like, a lot of break on almost every putt. And It was awesome to watch, dude. Yeah. As a viewer, like, I think it's the best major I've ever seen without Tiger. Tiger, yeah. Without Tiger. Like, I've never been more locked in. And also... Uh, that's because you hit Phil Mickelson, dude. Well, where was he this weekend? He shot a thousand over. Yeah. Well, I mean, Got cut that one. That one jumps to mind when he won when he was like eighty years old. Oh know? my god, dude! That was Are pretty we, good. We're still gonna do that? You hated that, but I mean, objectively, Are we still gonna do that. Objectively, that was a good Masters, right? No, he won. Well, no, 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 no. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm he sorry. won uh, in Kiowa. Tiger won the Masters, yeah. He won a key uh, Objectively, that was good, But though, he right? won... Phil won a major when he was over 50, which yeah. is... Stupid. Lucky. It's stupid. There's one word for it. Stupid. Um, all right. Any other notes? No, that's, Open? that's it. I, what a what a tournament, though, dude. That was awesome. Oh, uh, That final day was just sick. Yeah. It was sick. It was fun to watch. Yeah. Uh, and Scotty Scheffler is... Good as shit. Yeah. He's so good at this golf. This dude's going to win a lot of tournaments. He's so good at golf. Golf's bro. in a really good place, dude. Like, there's so many... A lot of like guys from America are really good right now. Um, oh, that's what I was going to say. I, I rarely, rarely will be happy when a non-American wins. Yeah. And I found myself like not being upset at all that Matt Fitzpatrick won. Yeah. He's super good. He's almost like a dark horse in every tournament. He's been right there at every tournament. Uh, and like John Rahm is still... Right there, you know what I mean. Yeah, Every see, that's the kind of guy I don't want to win. Yeah, I don't want a, a non-American like John Rom to win. Yeah, Rory would have been something, I guess. That would have been. A I think, story. dude. I think I'm a Justin Thomas guy now. I I, I I pull for him, and when he's not in contention, I kind of lose focus a little bit. I think I'm a I think I'm a Justin Thomas stan. I think he's my guy. Yeah, Spieth number two. I you definitely gotta, pull for golf, Spieth. You got to have like a wide portfolio if you're a fan. Like you got to have several guys that you root for. And then check in on the weekend and see if they're yeah. up there. But also, it's fun to have guys that you hate. Yeah. If they're up there to watch against them. Yeah. And just hope they, you know, collapse. I think everybody hates uh, DeChambeau. It sucks he's not going to be on the tour anymore, but I think everybody hates DeChambeau. Yeah, I'm not a fan of him. Um, who else do I root against? Ian Poulter I root against. I think I kind of root against Brooksy at this point, dude. Yeah. He lost me with the bleach blonde hair. Brian lost Harmon me. was, like, at the near the top. 
after two days, two rounds, he was one stroke back and then had a terrible, terrible Saturday, which is just classic Brian Harmon. Yeah. Classic Brian Harmon. Damn, dude. He's Damn. So, dude, he was he's really good in Augusta, too, for on Thursday and Friday. Yeah, now he's never going to come on this podcast if he ever hears that. Jesus. Slam dunk. Take a hot take, you know what I mean? It would have been a great column, too. Like, that's what I was waiting for. I was hoping he would win. Yeah. Just so I'd have something to write about. I pull for him, for sure. Oh, me too. Like, I knew when he was teeing off on Saturday after. Like, I'm not going to check in when Brian Harmon's teeing off to start a tournament. But if he's up there, I, I definitely would root for him. To have somebody from Savannah win a major? Yeah. It'd be sick. Yeah. I think Gene Sowers is the only guy. I mean, he won a U.S. Senior Open. Don't count it. That what? didn't count. That didn't count. You don't count that? No, not as like a major tournament. I mean, yeah. Well, that's, now he's not coming on the podcast. <laughs> We're just that's, alienating that's, folks. That's dope, but I mean, it's not the same thing as winning a, one of the four, you know? No, I guess not. You know who would win a major? Who's a major, major winner? John Carr? John Carr's a major winner. He's a major championship caliber real estate agent in Savannah, 912-228-0916. John Carr with Seaport Real Estate. Whether you're buying or selling real estate in the area, John Carr is the guy to call. You can check him out online, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, all that stuff. Or call, text him today, 912-228-0916. John Carr helping us out on the Hot Grits Podcast. So if you need real estate help, he is your guy. Spencer, the Braves are in a lot of trouble. Ease up, dude. I don't know if they're in trouble. The The win streak ended at 14. Yeah. Two straight losses to the Cubs, which were weird, weird games. Um, but the Albies thing has me more concerned than I think most people are. I think most people are not considering enough that the Braves lost a major, major part of their lineup with Albies. And Orlando Arcia, Phil Gosselin, that ain't going to cut it. Well, Arcia, I like it. It's nice to be able to plug in a former like top prospect. I'm cool with you it for a I mean? couple weeks. Yeah. Uh, is he Ozzy Albies? Obviously not, but he could probably be a starting shorts or starting uh, second baseman on an MLB team. I don't. Think I, w- so. I would buy that. Not a world. Not a cha- not a world championship team. No, but he can plug and play for. Give me a month and a half of decent baseball. Hit two fifty. Sure, like well, that could a, work. But like him, him being injured is to me, it's almost the same thing as Acuna last year. Yeah, you don't have to go get a superstar. To replace him, but you have to address it. And the Braves addressed it last year with four guys. They addressed it with Peterson, Soler, and Rosario. The problem immediately with that is if you address it, you go get a guy, okay, he's going to be useful to you until Ozzy comes back. Whenever you brought in Jock Peterson uh, and all those bros last year, you could rotate them in. You could platoon them. You're not platooning anybody with Ozzy Albies. You're not platooning anybody with Dancy Sponsman. You're damn sure not platooning anybody with the young handsome so at third base in case people forget who but the young handsome guy is. so like i mean if you bring in an infielder and if you spend significant assets to get him that's tough in eight weeks when ozzy comes back what are you going to do with him after a trade deadline you could go get whit merrifield from kansas city and then put him in the outfield when albies comes back that's what you could okay do. Uh, yeah, but so that would, that would take something like that would probably take Spencer Strider and another prospect, right? So then you're taking away from your main strength right now, which is definitely pitching, in my mind. Uh, I'm cool with to, that. To plug the second base hole, which might be okay, like to maybe take Phil Goslin and Orlando Arcia out the lineup. Arcia Arcia has had a good year though. Like 
can you let that run its yeah, course? Yeah, you'll first? notice in the last three or four days, like yeah. it's starting to catch up with him. because yeah. the sample size is going to grow. Of course, and you, I just can't have him well, you, playing six days. A week. You you listen to how everybody talks about this guy, and he is like a he was like a blue chip talent, and a lot of people yeah, do speak highly been, of Arcia. Two forty, like yeah, he's always just been that. Yeah, guy. I mean, I mean, yeah, that maybe that's the case, but maybe this is his shot. You know what I mean? All I'm saying is maybe you give Orlando Arcia a shot, uh, see how it works if. Talk to me in a week from now, I guess. Okay. Like if he's if he's struggling, if he's really struggling, he's hitting sub two hundred for the week, go get a guy. It doesn't have to be like a stud, but go get a guy. I definitely wouldn't give up Spencer Strider to plug the two hole though, the second base hole. We're gonna learn a lot about the Bravos this week. Um let's see, they're thirty eight and twenty nine, I think. Yeah. Thirty eight and twenty nine, does that sound right? Uh sounds right. Yeah, thirty eight and twenty nine, seventy six percent postseason odds. 3.6% to win the World Series. They're five games back of the Mets. But this week, Spencer, the Giants and then the Dodgers come to town. They're in Atlanta, in Atlanta's place. And I think if you're the Braves, this week is going to tell you a whole lot. Well, more importantly, if you're a Braves fan, I think this week will tell you a whole lot about where this team is. Because, look, we can say whatever we want about 14 in a row. It was against Cupcakes. It was against Cupcakes. Okay, Mets fan. Okay, every Phillies fan. It was against Cupcakes. Okay, and yeah. Still you got to beat the good can, guys. So you got to beat the bad guys. You have you have to play well against the Giants and Dodgers at home. Yeah. I when mean, you're relatively healthy. Outside of Albies, I guess. If if this Braves team beats all the teams they should beat and plays 500 against the the good teams in the MLB for the rest of the way, they'll win the division. Like if they if they do what they just did and then play okay against the other guys, they're going to win the division. So I'm they, fine with that. They still have 15 against the Mets, too. Yeah. you got 15 games against the yeah, Mets. Yeah. They got, dude, a five-game lead right now means nothing in the division, especially with all those games to yeah. go against them. I mean, it means something, but. And if you're the Braves, I think nine and six against the Mets would be like, that'd be solid. Yeah. That'd be Agreed. Really nice. Agreed. And, and so then you start thinking, okay, now you're only two games back. And who knows, dude, who knows what that Mets rotation is going to look like whenever they come to play the Braves next month or in three months. You know what I mean? Like, who who knows what that's going to look like? Or not in three months, but, you know, yeah. in two months. You know? Who knows what that's going to look like? So, uh, I mean, and they still got time to shit the bed, dude. It's still early in Metsdom. Is it still early? It's still it's definitely still early for the Mets. It's it's getting there for everybody else. It's definitely real early for the Mets, bro. Are you going to let me know whenever it's not early anymore? Yes. Okay, so I don't have to keep asking. Yeah, it'll be a general feel. Uh, if they go back up by like 8 or something in this month, I'll be like, oh. Does no. it go from early to late immediately, or is there a, is there like... It's just a feeling. It's oh, okay. just a feeling. It's just a feeling of Like dread. the weather, you can feel it in your knees? Yeah, I have not been nervous this entire time. Literally, even when they were like, a billion games back, I was like, "This ain't over." You know what I mean? I wasn't. I wasn't even stressed. Strictly because it was the Mets. Yes, dude. Actually, if it were the Phillies too, I would have the same feeling. If if this was the Nationals or even the Marlins, I would be like, "Okay, I mean, they got something here." You know what I mean? We got to get the Mets to hire Joe Girardi as their manager. Yeah, <laughs> and then they'll come back down to earth. That's what's got to happen. Um, what, what, a al- what joke else? Joke of a division. What else with the Braves? Uh, Freddie Freeman gets his World Series ring. This weekend in Atlanta, we'll finally get our answer to how the fans will react to him. I do think that it's been long enough now. Yeah, it feels like they're going to react warmly. It does. It, it, certainly when he gets his ring, pregame ceremony, um, they're going to cheer. They're going to cheer loud, and it's going to be like, uh, one. Oh my, I would think 100%. No booze. 
But I'm in, I'm still interested in that first at bat. Does I mean, he, does he get a standing O where he has to step out of the box and address them? I don't want that, bro. I don't know. I don't. That want seems that. like an Atlanta fan thing to do, like a, a Braves fan thing to do. They tend to be pretty polite in terms of in the stadium. It'd be so until you sick miss a call. If, if he walked up to the box and they just showered him in booze, yeah, that would be so awesome. I'm gonna boo. I would boo if I was there. I'm gonna I boo would, regardless. Yeah, I will be working at the bar. You gotta boo. Yeah, I think I'll. I think I'll boo. Seven twenty p.m. Friday night. You gotta boo. Man, such a fall from grace for Freddie Freeman, dude. I did not see this coming. He just ended up being a different dude than I thought he was. He's still like, pissing honestly, on the ball, though. Yeah, he's, he's still, still hitting the shit out of the baseball. Uh, last time I looked, which was like early last week, so it's been several games now, Dansby Swanson had the same amount of hits as Freddie Freeman. That's crazy. Which is newts. He's playing himself into a giant contract. Yeah, he is. I mean, dude, it's easy for us to forget because we've known Dansby so long as a certain guy. This is the first overall pick. Number one overall pick. Number one overall pick. It's easy to forget that, and he's still fairly young. Like He's entering his prime now. So, I mean, maybe maybe he's got all-star potential still in there, and weird shit happens in baseball, dude. Kevin Gosman, when he played for the Braves, was just a guy. He's, People thought he was done at that point, and he didn't want to sign young. And now he's the best pitcher in baseball? Like, baseball's a weird sport, dude, and uh, it's hard to project even a year Ahead of time, you know what I mean? People so, are saying for Swanson, what it would take is roughly 90 over 5. 100 whoa. over 5. We're talking about a, over $15 million annually. And he doesn't go back to arbitration at all, right? That's he, done. So he still has an arb, arbitration hearing this season for... for What he's getting paid now, basically? Because of the lockout. Yeah. All that stuff happened. But, but the arbiter won't take into account what's happening this year. Really? Does that make sense? Yeah. Because it's it's... For what ha- it should have already happened, the arbitration hearing. How do you become unbiased on that, dude? That is crazy. You just get a legal head, just get a, a legal guy, a third yeah. party. But then you know, in arbitration, there's no middle ground. It's one of the two. Both sides present a number, and then you get that. But it'll still yeah. be for whatever he gets. It won't have any influence on what he gets in the open market. I don't think. Yeah. So he's crazy. playing himself into a big, big contract. I'd I'd hope the Braves would try to resign him over the All Star break. They have to. Oh, oh over the All Star break. Because I don't think you're going to be able to do it during the year. Yeah. That's your only five-day, six-day opportunity. You, can't, you cannot, if you're the Braves, in my mind. I, I don't know how baseball works in the free, on the free agent market. Uh, it's been a long time since we were this good and we started to keep guys around. You know what I mean? Freddie Freeman was the first where you had to like re-sign him for a long time. Before that, we were getting rid of contracts. So it's basically right. been like... Eight years since we went through this process. And they got lucky with Acuna and Albies who both yeah. signed. And it's a different incredibly free. It's a different league now. So I don't I don't know uh how they're gonna approach that, but I will say it will be a tough look if in two years time you take two of your biggest faces of the franchise Freddie and Dansby and you don't bring at least one of them back, that starts to look real Marlins ish dog. Like and you do not want to be the Marlins if you're the Atlanta Braves. I agree with you. I can't I can't figure out a like and I don't know if what Dansby Swanson's doing is sustainable, but having a shortstop that shows up every day and that plays yeah. 158 out of 162 is so invaluable. Like it's so important. It is, and he—I mean—he plays really good defense at this point. He might be 
well above average. Like I would think a borderline Gold Glove for for a long time this year. People were calling him the best defensive shortstop in baseball for a long time. I mean, I think he'll do that for a while. He'll yeah, be, he'll be like a top three defensive guy. He's he's like he won't be like an all time defensive guy. He's had a little bit of a uh, a sh- like a tough couple weeks here, like where he hasn't been the best. Not tough, but he hasn't been the best yeah. the past couple weeks, like noticeably. Uh, just the eye test, but I mean, clearly very good. Um, and people for like people still kind of view Dansby as like because he doesn't hit over three hundred. They still well, think of him he's as had like long stretches where it's like tough. Where he's to str- yeah, he what, struggles, what like. but he he's also been a clear above average starter for a long time, like a a very long time. And again, there's something to be said about like nothing off the field. Yeah, says all the right things and so, wants to be in Atlanta. That's the big thing it, to me. And you're right. I never thought about this, but you're right. You take Freddie out of that locker room, I would assume that it was Dansby who has now become the de facto. Because like, let's face it, like you have to be English speaking to be the leader. Yeah, of the clubhouse. Like, well, you can't. So Acuna and Albie's like are, are one thing, but like you need someone front facing. Yeah, like that and. I think Swanson has been that guy, and you just don't have to worry about him. Like, there has been no injury problems. Okay, time for me to cut in quickly. Um, Spencer and I had some last-minute technical difficulties with uh, the last 10 minutes of the episode. That includes the top four draft of best cups. Um, You'll have to trust us that it was electric content. Um, But we'll have to get those to you guys later on. For now, I'm going to kick you guys to our Mike Hostelo interview, and we will try and clean it up. Next episode, I'm blaming this one on Spencer for the last part of this episode missing. But I think the Hostelow interview, you guys are going to want to stay around for that. So I'll kick you to an ad right now. And then our interview with Mike Hostelow. We will see you guys for episode 121 next week. All right, I want to tell you guys about a new sponsor we have for the Hot Grits podcast. It's Avalu Hemp Shop, Savannah's newest hemp shop at 106 West Gwinnett Street. Open seven days a week. Avalu Hemp is Georgia-grown, Georgia-owned, started in Gainesville. Uh, I know the owners pretty well. Henry and Michael and, and those guys have come down from Gainesville and opened their hemp shop by Forsyth Park. You can find it at 106 West Gwinnett Street, seven days a week. At Avalu Savannah on Instagram. That's A V A L O O Savannah on Instagram. Avalu has Georgia grown hemp products, including CBD, Delta 8, gummies, edibles, flour, even dog treats. I tried some of those gummies and they are no joke. So check them out. Avalu Hemp Shop, 106 West Gwinnett Street, and at Avalu Savannah on Instagram. Uh, if you go, tell them the Hot Grits podcast sent you and they will hook it up for you. Avalu Savannah, Savannah's newest hemp shop. All right, we're joined now by a very special guest, Mike Hostelow, uh, local famous Savannah lawyer, famous uh, in the Southeast for uh, the commercials. I think, Mike, are, are what we're most intrigued by. Thanks for, thanks for coming on the Hot Grits podcast. You're welcome. Thanks for having me, guys. Uh, so I want to start, Mike. We got to get some background as to – Basically, how not how you got into law, but how you decided um, that you know the commercials and all that kind of stuff would be part of your brand. How did that happen, and, and sort of when did that happen? So, somewhere around 2006, I explored 
various business opportunities from fast food restaurants to um, finance. And then I stumbled on being a TV personal injury lawyer. So I did my homework. I started watching YouTube videos. I ran across a friend of mine who was a personal injury lawyer in Philadelphia who then led me to another guy. And so somewhere about the summer of 2006, I decided I'm going to give it a swing. I had been a lawyer. This is my 30th year as a lawyer. So I've been a lawyer since 92, 93. And so summer of 2006, I started doing my homework to launch and talk to, I had, I had done some commercials, um, before probably dating back to the nineties, but, but that's when I really decided to commit to it. And, Valentine's Day 2007, we ran our first commercial here in Savannah. 2007. So that's, whoa. So we're talking 15 years now. Yeah, yeah, 15 years. I'm dating myself. I'm sure you guys were, what? In... 07, I would have been, I think I was a sophomore in high school. There you go. Yeah. I was, I was an old man then, and I'm a really old man now. So. so were you a lawyer at that point, or did you just decide, you know what, I'm going to become a lawyer now, and then became no, no, a lawyer? No, no, no. I've been a lawyer for 30 years. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, I, I became, I moved here, my dad is originally from the Savannah area, and, and I went to work for the great George Zettler back in 1992. Well. So I was, uh, I went to work for him as just a, a lawyer of a sole practitioner down on Abercorn Street, fifteen fifteen Abercorn. So Street. he's been in this bitch since ninety two. Yeah, <laughs> that that yeah. actually, uh, I thought that was really inspiring for a second. I, I thought I could just become a lawyer tomorrow. Like, well, if I can become a lawyer, anybody can, buddy. <laughs> uh, well, on that note, hey, uh, we are currently unrepresented here on the Hot Grits podcast. What what is the? Uh, how do we go about getting Mike Hoslow to represent us? Should we ever need it? I've well, heard that lawyers are like uh, health insurance. One of my really fancy, sophisticated lawyers in my office to handle all the business affairs and the legalization of your uh, podcast. And uh, I'd be happy to talk about that offline. Well, yeah. So <laughs> you actually don't have to do anything. We just want to run around town and be like, Mike Hostelow is our personal we have lawyer. One, yeah, yeah, we yeah. have one retainer. Yeah. Well, it's, it's not always – I don't get positive uh, feedback sometimes. I was at a sushi restaurant <laughs> earlier, and a guy just came up to me and said, better call Saul. <laughs> if you know any reference to that, I guess it was a Netflix show. Uh, it, I think it was on uh, – Yo, that's crazy. It was – It was better call Saul was on AMC, yeah. and now it's on Netflix, but I just started watching that last night. Not even in preparation for this interview, but now I okay, get that so, reference. So uh, – this young man probably couldn't have been 25 years old. He came up to me and he just looked at me and said, better call Saul, and then just walked away. So it doesn't, you know, it's it's not all, uh, you know, uh, you know, it's not always positive. So I'll just leave it like that. Well, uh, we always, we don't always get positive feedback either, sure. Mike. It's all good. So sure. I think we're. That, uh, that means you're moving the needle. Yeah, though. Exactly. We are needle movers. Wait, so does that happen to you a lot? I imagine when you go out in public, you're you're getting a lot of interaction, positive and negative. I do. You, is that um, is that true? Like, are you getting people that recognize you from the commercials and stuff? Early on, um, not, I still get recognized fairly regularly, but um, I think a lot of people are just sort of used to me. So they'll say, "Hold," they know who I am, but they won't they won't call me out. Whereas probably ten years ago. They would call me out. Now they just they'll they'll just say hi, Mike, or 
you they're know, scared of you, Mike. You, I saw you at Savannah Quarters, just like Spencer said. Yeah, they're they're scared of you. They know, they know you're a big deal. See, here's the thing. I've uh, I found out that we were doing this interview last week, and uh, uh-huh. we've interviewed the mayor twice. Um, and so I've told my friends, hey, we're interviewing the mayor. And oh, everybody's like, oh, that's yeah, and, you know, like lukewarm reaction whenever I tell them. Um, and I drop your name. I say we're interviewing Mike Hostelo. And they're like, that's awesome. <laughs> so that's the kind of reaction you're getting now. Uh, okay, well, I, I appreciate it. The mayor's a friend of mine, and I, I, I was supposed to go to a Juneteenth thing, Juneteenth thing yesterday, which I stiffed, and I think he stiffed too. So we won't, <laughs> give, we won't give Van a hard time, but he's a good guy. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, we, um, we like Van a lot. And, yeah, but I don't, I don't really know if that's – well, I appreciate the positive uh, response, guys. Thank you. Well, I did the same thing. I crowdsourced some questions at the bar last week when I found out we were having Mike Hoslow. One of the ones that I thought was the best uh, was a buddy of mine wanted me to ask, do you think it's fair that Morgan & Morgan has two names and two people, uh, whereas you could just have Mike Hoslow law firm? Do you think that's fair, two against one? Well, I'm not going to – you know, John's sort of the king of what we do, and I, I actually went to John Morgan Boot Camp, and that's a whole other story back in 06. But John has his wife and all his sons, and, I mean, he's built a big, powerful machine. And, um, uh, you know, there's not very many Hostelos, and my name's a lot harder to say than Morgan, so we'll just stick with Mike Hostelo. You know, one name's good enough. <laughs> Mike, you know we have to circle back to the boot camp. You, you know yeah. that has to be our follow-up. Okay, What what, what is the boot camp – what is the Morgan John Morgan boot camp like in 2006? So this is a year before you start with all the commercials and stuff. What is that uh, boot camp to, like? I went to stay at his house, and he every day when I got up, he was wearing a suit, and he was all business, man. But 5 o'clock hit, and he was ready for a, a, a libation, a cold beverage. And what do you do? But, you just have to start arguing a case, or you start doing No, going no, over... you, learn, you, learn, you learn the operation. You learn how to be a TV lawyer. You learn the process and systems. You learn what to say, how to say it. What, what software you should be using, what programs, what paperwork, things of that nature. That's a whole lot more pragmatic than what I was thinking. I was thinking yeah. you're, you're sitting across from John and you're practicing your objection. And he's like, no, 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 run oh, it back, do run it, it better. back. Yeah. Uh, John's, John, John is not doing much lawyering these days, and neither was he back in 06. So John is, uh, John is a legend, and um, John is uh, – you should go on IG and follow him sometime. He has a lot to say. Interesting. So are, are you big on social media nowadays? Are you on Instagram? You know, I try to be, but I'm not as cool as, you know, I'm middle-aged, so I'm not as cool as you guys, but <laughs> I'm sure, um, yeah, I'm on IG, I'm on Facebook, there you I'm go. On, I don't tweet much, somebody tweets for me, because I'll probably say something dumb, um, but yeah, I'm on all those platforms, TikTok, not so much, my, my daughter's on TikTok, but not me. TikTok is still, I, I haven't ventured down that path yet, I'm 30 and so I still I already feel too old for TikTok. Yeah, TikTok's uh yeah, TikTok's an interesting But Mike, that might be the place that you kill it, TikTok. Now that I'm thinking about this out loud, just brainstorming here. Yeah. TikTok could be I mean you it seems like those commercials and the clips like that would go viral on TikTok. Maybe you have to uh, get your daughter involved and start getting her to choreograph some of your TikToks. Uh, yeah, I'll talk to your brother this afternoon. <laughs> Um, all right, so like Spencer said, we've had the mayor on. We've had um, a bunch of people from the Savannah area on. One thing we always ask them uh, is about the Duran Avenue Globe. We have been called the tip of the spear in terms of uh, saving the Duran Avenue Globe. We took on Big Oil, took on Parker's gas station when they were trying to take the globe away from us. Um, but we weren't going to stand for it, so we got it to stay. Can we assume that you are a pro-globe 
uh, attorney. Is that fair to say? So I didn't. Yeah, that's absolutely. I I didn't grow up in um, Savannah or really ever lived here before 1992. I my but my grandparents lived over in Kensington Park, and when I would come from out of town to visit them, the Globe was there, right? And right. so right around the corner, and it's just sort of a landmark for savannah and why would we want to take it down i mean why what's inside the globe i don't think there's anything inside there now it was originally like a gas thing right right i think are you, are you guys asking each other or tell them no no, no, no we're no. just this is how we solve issues here we just talk out loud yeah we, Usually we arrive it. at the wrong conclusion but no there's nothing inside it anymore it once held natural gas and there oh, okay. there was the environmental uh like there was questions surrounding if they can do it environmentally safe, remove the globe. Oh, if they can move it to somewhere yes, else. Yes, uh, because it used to hold natural gas, I believe. Who owns the, who owns the globe? Now so, Parker's does. Now they do. Now they do. Yeah, after buying that, that area. Um, it was owned by the gas company that was right there. They had a moon for a mailbox, yeah. which I thought was clever. Why don't we get – I got Mr. Parker's cell phone. You want to get him on the line and get his opinion on it, or you tried to do Yes. That? <laughs> Absolutely. I don't know if that's. I don't know how feasible that is. Uh, can we do that? We three way call. No, well, we won't call him today. Okay. Oh, okay. 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 <laughs> we, well, we, uh, we. Yeah, we would love that though. Yeah. Okay. I'll harass Greg. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Tell him, tell him. That's awesome. See, he's already working for us. This guy's incredible. We don't even have him on retainer yet. Yet. There you go. So, Mike. So I'm a pro. I'm a pro globe. Save this globe. Savannah. Love that. Hell yeah. Love that. Uh, we're we're definitely going to get into, uh, you know, what your day-to-day looks like, anything you've got to promote. You know, we'll talk about that. Uh, I got one more, like, softball question for you. What is your what is your foursome look like on the golf course? Are there, uh, like, your regular game? Any any names we might know in Savannah? Uh, probably not. I don't play a lot of golf in Savannah. I play mostly over right across the border in South Carolina, but you wouldn't know. I'll just say this without mentioning names. It involves dentists for some reason. They always <laughs> seem to have lots of time, and they're good golfers. I got a cousin who's a dentist. Okay. Might yeah, be out I, there with you. Yeah, I, I play golf with a dentist on Saturday, just to give you. And then I'll play, you know, it'll be anybody from 20 to 70. And there'll be music and some beverages and uh, Love lots that. of a wager. And uh, you'd probably beat Jamie, Jamie Casino's ass in golf, though. I'd have to imagine. I, I don't. I don't think he plays golf. I'd pay to see that. Do you know Jamie Casino? That's one of the things we have written down here. Is when, when we think about TV commercials, lawyers in Savannah, like it's. I would consider you the goat. Definitely, a, definitely a top four Mount Rushmore guy. But Jamie Casino, just for that, it seems like just for that one commercial. Um, have you ever been asked about that, or what were your thoughts on that? That famous now famous commercial that he did during the super bowl it was a lot of uh, it was a lot of fun spent for something that that didn't seem to materialize i'll just say it that way um, i will say that ken nugent and i are very good friends okay all right yeah ken nugent's a I, billboard I, I legend consider, i consider a nugent a good friend um i'm i'm friendly with the fair and fair guys i consider those guys very competent and good guys i, I wouldn't say they're friends of mine but out of all the uh, personal injury lawyers in the game in the Savannah area, uh, I, I would consider Nugent and Morgan and Morgan my biggest competition, and I consider Nugent a personal friend of mine. 
But we're saying that Jamie Castino, this is a guy that doesn't even come up in your thoughts. He doesn't even, <laughs> you're not even concerned about him. I, I'm not, you know, it's just, he has, I like where his name's on top of the billboard. Okay. The extension, as they call it. I, I like how it comes up. That's that's nice. It looks like it's out. been knocked back a little bit on that. You're talking about the 516 billboard. It looks like it's somebody took a baseball to it. Well, I didn't do somebody it. might. I, I didn't do it. Mike, we never. <laughs> Mike, we never said you did it. We're well, not accusing you of that. <laughs> you immediately. I went. That wasn't me. That wasn't me. <laughs> that wasn't me. No, but um. Somebody probably yeah. took an axe to it. Not not a. It wasn't an yeah. axe that was on fire. During the commercial. Something like that. I don't think it was a sledgehammer. He uh, he's got a new commercial in a gray suit where he actually speaks, and it's 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 done well. I'm 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 happy for him. Were you surprised by that that it was done well? I uh, I know he has a production company, so I uh, again I I try to what, what's the, there's an old country saying that my granddaddy used to say I'll worry about your my yard and he can worry about his. I like that. Good Hell point yeah. about yards. Yes, well, I like that. The Prep Sports Report has been delivering local sports news one way or another for 20 plus years. Where can you find stories and information about the most outstanding student athletes in the Savannah area? PrepSportsReport.com. That's where. Led by our guy Carl DeMossi and former area sports reporter Stephen Weeks, the Prep Sports Report is a reimagined website that wants to celebrate young men and women who are setting the high school sports standard in Savannah and surrounding areas. Go check out PrepSportsReport.com today. Go like Prep Sports Report on Facebook and follow them on Twitter at PrepSAV. PrepSportsReport.com, your number one source for local Savannah High School sports news. Um, Mike, what, what's one of the dumbest laws in the state of Georgia? Or like, what's the law that nobody ever knows or that should be taken off the books that's so archaic? Like, I've heard a bunch of crazy, like, I hear this kind of thing sometimes, like that this is still a law that nobody realizes is a law or that, you know. Okay, just... I'm going to say something really. The first thing that comes to my head, and it doesn't relate to any area, it relates to family law, and I don't, I don't practice family ball, but I know this, and I'm not going to give a response to it, but do you realize that adultery is a crime? What? No, I didn't know and, that. So just leave it right there. Just leave it right there. I'm not going to answer any questions about it. I'm not going to divulge anything, but uh, adultery is a crime, just like prostitution is a crime. And again, we're not going to go into that. How do you define adultery? Adultery would be like if you're legally married and then you step outside the marriage, right? Correct. And they they technically, I think, under the statutes can arrest somebody for that, but they're not arresting anybody, right? No, I would hope not. They'd arrest a lot of our friends. Similar to <laughs> a, lot, a lot of Savannians, for sure. A lot of guys who go to strip clubs on Friday night. <laughs> another another law that jumps to mind. I don't know if this is uh, if this is in the state of Georgia, but a lot of sodomy laws across the United States that are a little archaic as well. I, a little is an Correct. understatement. Correct. So I mean, but as it relates to personal injury law, car wrecks and what we do, um. Some of the laws about who can, who's covered in what kind of rack, and you know those insurance companies are pretty nasty, nasty folks, and they will try to screw you over as quickly as they can. You guys hear that, guys? Insurance companies out there? <laughs> yeah, they'll try to, they'll try to deny your claim. They'll want you to pay premiums, and they'll make all these really good commercials. By the for the record, the insurance companies make great commercials. They make all these great commercials, 
and they want to protect you and say they're going to be there for you. But if they can get out on a technicality, they will screw your ass in a second. Do you think the regular citizen understands that how, like how much that they can be taken advantage, be taken advantage no. of? No. No. I how they will just say because you missed your payment by one day, or they weren't in part of your household, or they weren't added to your policy, we're not going to pay. Yeah, they. Trust me, that's. Sorry, I digressed into uh, domestic law, but let's talk about my my field. But they'll they'll deny a claim in a second. That's. That, I mean. That's why we love to take on those insurance companies. Well, yeah, that's that's the reason we had you on. We wanted to, you know, get you to talk about your day-to-day stuff, what you deal with. Oh, I thought and you were going to say we had him on to talk about sodomy. No, 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 I was no, like, no, 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 that's not true. No, no, no. Or, or, <laughs> so yeah. go, that's not true. No. Um, so what does, that look, what does that look like? Can you give any advice? Uh, is there anything you want to talk about? Like, tell the listener what they can do uh, if they uh, are in a car. 444 Four, and we'll give you a free opinion of your insurance policy. I knew that was coming. Now, if we drop a beat. That's 844-438-6453 or go to mycostalolawfirm.com or hit us on IG or Facebook or any of those mediums and we'll take a look at your policy for free and tell if you have the proper and appropriate coverage to handle any of these kind of nuances that that insurance company will try to bend you over and screw you backwards. Mike, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, that's perfect. That's perfect. We don't even, now we don't even have to plug that. MikeCostelloLawFirm.com. You guys are, you guys heard him. We might drop a beat later in the show so you can wrap that go. same piece of information or, or sing that go. same piece of information. Um, hey, and, and talking to some people on your team before this interview, Mike, uh, they told me that uh, you guys have plans to be big sponsors with the in-market arena um, and to be a part of bringing a basketball classic to Savannah. Is there any information? Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Yeah. You, are you on the inside? Now, Mike, I can't reveal my sources. Have you just... been riding around in my car? <laughs> I have to ask you, but is this true? Is there a basketball classic coming to Savannah? There is a basketball convert, uh, classic coming to Savannah. We are. I am very good friends with the folks at Enmark Arena, and if I would have not been a cheapskate it would be called the Mike Costello Law Firm Marina but I lost that on that bid and um, Inmark is doing a wonderful job and it's a wonderful venue um, you will see signs of the Mike Costello Law Firm inside the Inmark Arena and I think they're I mean some of the people they've brought in there has been awesome but we are in there there will be a golf, uh, will be a basketball tournament associated a holiday classic involving uh, men's and women's college basketball teams and we are hopeful that we will be the lead sponsor for that awesome upcoming event yeah that's awesome i'm all i'm all for the concerts and everything but i can't wait to start seeing sports at the end market arena i mean the ghost pirates are one thing but to be able to host those kind of events and we talked to the mayor about this that athletics and sports will be a major part of that arena as well as yeah i gotta talk to van sounds like a snitch no 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 no, no. we're not saying that he sounds like a snitch. I'm going to have to take a word with my buddy there. He comes on and he just tells the uh, – now, look, we've had some contentious stuff with Van, too. I don't want to make it sound all friendly. We had some disagreements as far as the St. Patrick's Day stuff goes on. But, he look, he came on and went back and forth with us and didn't seem to take any of it personally. So that's why we're we're, we're pro Van Johnson because he's pro Hot Grits. But um, yeah, it wasn't I'm all a, lovey-dovey. I'm a, big fan, I'm a big fan of our mayor, so – um, I, I might, I might, I might jab him here and there, but we're buddies, and I'm a big fan of his. Now, would you ever consider going to a Van Johnson politics boot camp before you run for office? 
I'm not running for anything. The only thing I run, you know, I might run from the police, but I'm not running for <laughs> anything. Um, but I, yeah, I'm not. I mean, you. I just had a conversation with one of my best friends at lunch about the campaign of our senatorial cam- candidate, the great football player Herschel Walker. Yeah. All of all of his missteps that he is committing at this point in time, and it breaks my heart because I I named a dog. Herschel, I went to the University of Georgia, and he was in the Mount Rushmore of everybody, right? Yeah. And I am just so saddened by what's happening. And, and again, I think Reverend Warnock's doing a fine job. But, again, not to get politically one way or the other, but I'm not running for any sort of political office, and I'm not going to announce any political affiliation. But I, I like what Mayor Johnson's doing, and Herschel Walker needs – he needs uh, he needs some PR help. Well, uh, let's talk about that for a second. Uh, I haven't been paying attention as much as I should to the election. Um, I am gonna vote. Um, Do you know what some I need of the to stuff dive that in? He's referring to though. Yeah, the, the oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I, I've seen some of that. Uh, Which part? Well, I mean, the, like the evolution stuff. Like he's been flamed a little bit. That was know? one of my favorite. The recent stuff about um, sons that he's had and daughters that he's had yeah. and stuff like that. But then he also definitely... the fact that. He, didn't he not graduate from the University of Georgia, and but then had always said that that he did. Correct. I mean, there's a lot of stuff. In other words, but, but see, I, I still I, think he's bulletproof. Yeah. He's see, Herschel I didn't Walker. know that he's gonna win, right, Mike? Like he's he's gonna win. He's Herschel Walker. I just can't imagine Herschel Walker losing anything in the state of Georgia. I don't know if that's a All good right, thing, but I agree. This. Let me ask you this: I'm not okay. I've been a lawyer for 30 years, and I graduate. I I I uh. I went to University of Georgia, had to take a vacation from there, went back and got a, a lowly degree in history and did not graduate in top of my class and went to an unaccredited night law school and been a lawyer and fought for people for 30 years. I am not competent to be a United States senator. So how is Herschel Walker? The right. great Herschel Walker. I'm not competent to play running back either. So Fair. Um, and, and so Herschel is – I've met Herschel, a fabulous football player and a nice person. But and I'm sure Reverend Raphael Warnock is a fabulous man as well. But that's where our country's in sort of a weird spot, right? Right. We're sort of in a weird spot that we're gonna. I mean, Alabama has a senator that was a football coach. Yeah. Well, I mean, sen- like senators and elected officials get elected all the time when they aren't competent to do that job. My my uh, whole thing yeah, is I, he's going to win yeah. in my mind. He's gonna win no matter what he does, unless something groundbreaking comes out well, uh, what can be more groundbreaking about lying about your education or the fathering of children or what's your position well that's what he's saying mike so like what could herschel i mean if that doesn't do it and he wins in november then look i don't think it's a good thing or like a yeah i mean you think it's borderline sad but if he wins despite all of that i mean it's almost like the trump stuff to be honest I, like, it, it I think is we're like getting down trump a stuff. rabbit hole but like if the majority of people vote for a person that is objectively not qualified and objectively, you know, objectively there are things wrong morally, you know, I think yeah. that should be addressed, but, and he still wins. If that doesn't do it, then I don't know what would do it. Yeah. I don't know either. I don't so, know either. But again, we will, we'll just, we'll call me back in November. We'll see what happens. <laughs> I am fascinated by the Herschel. That's going to get real awkward with the university it's of Georgia. Hard, it's heartbreaking because he was a hero to all of us as kids. And we looked up to him as a great football player and, Awesome, awesome situation. So, but go ahead. I still think he's better than Bo Jackson was. I agree. Agreed. I'll, I'll yes. go down with the ship on that. 
Um, yeah, I agree. Spencer, you got anything else? I think that's good on my end. Uh, Mike, is there anything you want to plug? Anything you want to talk about before we let you go? Uh, no, I just want to, I, I really appreciate you guys reaching out and, 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 and wanting me to participate with this and, uh, you know, on your podcast. And I'm, I'm, you know, I just, we, we had a, a lot of fun today chatting about this, but, um, you know, we're committed to Savannah, not just because of car wrecks, we're committed to this community. Right. And I, 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 you know, a big thing that we, we stand on is giving back and, and I'm a statesman, my firm where we're, we give back and, and that's important. So wherever you guys go in your lives, uh, you're going to be successful. You're going to, you, you've been blessed with wits, brains, charm, work ethic, make sure you give back. Oh, that's because very, that, yeah, you're that, giving us so many yeah. sound bites. This is great. Yeah. Yeah. Make sure you give back because there's so many people that don't have your talent that don't have your ability and, and you have a platform to do good. So that's, that's what we stand for. It's my Costello law firm. And I was taught by the great George Zettler and my awesome dad and my awesome parents. And, and I just want to make sure that you guys, I hope we cross paths, Spencer. I hope to see you at SQ playing golf sometime. And Travis, we can see it up too. And we can have conversations that, that are off color and off comment. <laughs> but as we're here talking, you know, with an audience, I just want to make sure that, like I said, we, we, we can joke about people. And, and you guys tried to get me now. I will say that you <laughs> tried to get me to take some shots at people. And I refuse to do that because, again, I'm going to worry about my yard and let them worry about theirs. Yeah. But, but just remember, guys, we're here. Like Mayor Johnson, I, I'm, I'm sure Herschel Walker, Reverend Warnock, John Morgan, those people are trying to good, do good and give back to the world. And, and, and you guys have those same gifts, so let's do the same, okay? I want to run through a brick wall right now, Mike. Oh, okay. All right. Well, good. Reach out to me sometime. We'll uh, grab an adult beverage, break bread, or have a conversation about whatever else you want to that um, maybe I can say a word that my daughter doesn't hear. Yes, sir. Got that. There okay. he is. Mike Hostelo, MikeHostelowLawFirm.com. Also on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, all that stuff. Go follow him there. Mike, we appreciate it, man. Yeah, thanks for your time, guys. Take care. Savannah's premier indoor baseball training facility, 
SBPA is owned and operated by Ross Howard, and together with instructors who have played college and professional baseball, Ross and SBPA offer customized instruction year-round for baseball and softball players, full-length batting cages, pitching mounds, and a state-of-the-art technology to measure improvement are just a few of the highlights over at the Academy. Call Ross at 912-484-5282 and visit the Savannah Baseball Performance Academy on Facebook for programs, teams, camps, and more information about how to take advantage of this great venue. Savannah's only year-round indoor baseball facility, Ross Howard, our guy, give him a call, 912-484-5282. Commercial and residential electrical services that you can trust. Braddy Electric is Savannah's number one electrical services for commercial and residentials since 1970. It's family owned and family operated. Reach them today at 912-233-1561 or 1104 East 35th Street. Braddy Electric, that's two D's, B-R-A-D-D-Y. Five stars on Yelp, five stars on Google reviews, and Savannah's number one electrical servicer since 1970. Call them today, 912-233-1561. 